0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 251 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going this fine Monday, Richard?
1: Hey, Seth, the world has changed. Elk, elk are gone. hunting season is Extinct. Over? Starting? How <laughs> Extinct. You know? uh, we, we've yeah. lost a species in the magic world today.
0: Yeah, usually I feel bad when I hear about animals going extinct, but not elk. It's, it's global warming. It's, it's finally Good riddance. Of course, uh, here to celebrate the end of elk standard, Krim. This has to be, like, the best Crim day, right? Uh, well,
2: see, I, I'm not celebrating the el- end of elk standard. I'm celebrating one card that I have... Like, to be honest with you, I could have gotten elk for the rest of my life. The thing here is... Veil of Summer is gone. So that is all I've been. Uh, this is the best Monday I've had in a long time. It, it's a. You're, you're such a,
0: a dirty control <laughs> player, Cram. You're like, I don't have any creatures, so what do I care if you try to turn my stuff into elk? But if you counter my counter spell with your Veil of Summer, it's odd. It's like, it's like
2: elking my counter spells. That, that, yes, it's like, yeah, like it, it just feels so bad when it happens. But nope, not today. We are in the clear today. Uh-
0: Well, uh, as you probably gathered from our little intro here... Banning's gonna be one of our big topics today. We got the B&R that we've been waiting for for a while this morning. Tons of changes, kind of across formats, really. Uh, but specifically standard, that's where the biggest changes are. We also have some interesting arena stuff, uh, a special event, an announcement about the future of historic and the future of the client in general. We had the SCG invitational featuring Pioneer on the big stage. So we'll touch on that a little bit. Answer your fish mail, of course, too. So we're gonna jump right into it. But before we do, a super Super quick reminder that our show today is brought to you by the new apparel store of Spikes Academy. And if you like magic related t-shirts, you should check, you should check out their new website, spikesacademy.myshopify.com. They have some really cool t-shirt designs, uh, magic related. So thank you to Spikes Academy for supporting the show, spikesacademy.myshopify.com. Check them out for cool t-shirts. Uh, anyway, with our sponsorship stuff out of the way, let's talk banning. So Richard, I'm sure you got the BNR in front of you. Why don't you walk us through what actually changed on the BNR today?
1: All right. Uh, so sweeping changes across multiple formats. We'll start off with standard. Oko, Thief of Crowns is banned. Once Upon a Time is banned. Veil of Summer is banned. Yes. The big oh, the big 3. So I guess you can go Goose into Paradise Druid into Nyssa still, but you're going to have to do it the fairway without tutoring up a turn one goose and without protecting everything with Oko. Uh, but Green has got the ban hammer. <laughs> Green Green, Green, <laughs> Green was dealt swift justice this morning. They weren't fooling around. They were like, Oko's gone. We'll take Once Upon a Time. And why not? Veil vale of Summer 2. So all of them gone. So what does standard look like now? <laughs> good. <laughs> really? <laughs> really good. <laughs>
2: It's like it's like when you you've just like had a long hot day in the summer and you finally had that ice cold glass of refreshing water. That's that's well, that's only just because veil vale of summer is gone once again. You know, you know what's great about it too. I just want to say, uh, by the way, how good of a Monday this is. I logged into Arena. And you know what my quest was? It was a $750 gold quest for casting... P-
0: play play 15
2: Teferis. No, uh, close, close. <laughs> Cast 30 blue or black spells. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, I
1: can. Yes, I can.
2: <laughs> you know, it should, it should
1: be resolve 30 blue or black spells. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you trying to finish a class? veil in summer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be so brutal and so funny. So, I mean, I think... This is pretty close to, like, what my ideal ban list was. Uh, I mean, we all figured Oko had to go just because people would freak out so much. But then they hit two additional cards. Once upon a time, the consistency that it is added to the format is pretty over the top. And then uh, Veil of Summer just shuts down all the answers, so I feel like... They kind of did really well with this B&R announcement as far as Standard is concerned. Uh, I think this is pretty much all we could have hoped for as far as uh, hopefully a big enough change so that the metagame will kind of normalize a little bit. We won't have one deck at 70% of the meta or whatever, which was <laughs> just super ridiculous. So I'm actually kind of excited to play Standard again. What does Standard look like moving forward? That's a big question and a good question, and it's partly because... The format was so green heading into this banning. Even if we discount the food decks, uh, most of the other decks in the format, like Sacrifice-style decks, there's this Jund deck, there's Gruul decks, there's Golgari Adventures. We're playing Veil of Summers, they're playing Once Upon a Times. I know, Richard, you were playing uh, some green-based adventure decks, and you were saying you're kind of worried that they won't be good enough without Once Upon a Time to find Edgewell Innkeeper. Like, do you think those decks are going to fall off the face of the earth no- uh, because of this banning?
1: Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Selesnia and uh, I've I've been abusing Once Upon a Time, <laughs> like, like it's nobody's business, because you need the Edgewall Innkeeper, so I think Selesnia Adventures as a deck is, is gone, because you're literally playing like a mediocre limited deck without your Edgewall Innkeeper, uh, but I think Golgari might have a shot, Golgari is like a rock, you know, good stuff deck with Edgewall Innkeeper to push it over the top, so I think that deck will do fine without Innkeeper. But my 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 Silesia Adventures deck, which I've been collecting all of the storybook card styles for, <laughs> I'm a little sad this morning. I have to I have to shed a little tear for it. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to play uh, Fairy Godmother anymore in standard.
0: <laughs> uh, so, Krim. I know you're just gonna jam Teferi decks, but what do you think's <laughs> discounting your love of Teferi, what do you think's gonna rise to the top of the metagame for normal players? Cats.
2: <laughs> cats. Lots of cats. Oh, um I mean I don't I like even without Oko, like, sure, you still can do uh like you still have the cat combo with the Witch's oven, and then you also get to do like Trail of Crumbs is still pretty decent. I don't know if it's going to be still a a, a value engine without Oko, but I mean, all the time I play against cat decks and even without Oko, they are still able to go wild with, you know, food from goose, all this other stuff. So I think the cat deck is still pretty solid. It's why now I've shifted to like three Kayas in the main deck, uh, or Serper and stuff like that. So, uh, and you can even play like, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe Esper stacks, things like that. You'll see a little bit more of that the cat deck is probably the biggest thing going into this new standard.
0: Yeah, I think that's a a really good point, and I definitely agree with you about the cat decks, because uh, not only are there, like, the Saltai ones that lose Oko, but they don't really need Oko that much. Oko's just kind of, like you might as well play it because it's so powerful and you're in the colors. Yeah. Uh, but like Rakdos has been a pretty legit deck too. Jund has been a legit deck, Those are both non-Oko cat decks that have kind of, I mean, nothing was really competitive with the Oko food decks, but if you discount Oko food, those were some of the top decks in the metagame, even in the Oko meta. So I expect that those will do well. I think fires is probably another like go to right away is one of the most powerful decks, uh, in Oko standard that probably translates over and uh, I think team reclamation is the other one the other like deck that really didn't get hit by the bannings at all and was already pretty good even in our past standard so I think that that's where players will probably immediately focus but this is such a big shakeup it's kind of like we're just starting standard over again like it's definitely possible that decks that were tier 3 or even like completely off the radar will kind of uh, shoot up towards the top tier of the format because this is just such a major banning
2: yeah. And, and, and you know what's crazy to me? Like, I feel like even with the banning of Once Upon a Time and Oko, it, it now feels like Eldrain is the new set we've been waiting for, right? Like, cause there's still a lot of powerful cards to play. Um, there's still like Rankle. There's still like, uh, like surprisingly, like Gadwick cards like that. And as you saw, like, you know, the oven and all this. So there's still a ton of powerhouses. And a lot of the concern was like them being like them banning like the face of their set with like Oko and things like that. But I, I, I think that there's still a lot of play from Eldraine and now maybe we'll even get to see more than we did before.
0: Yeah, I think uh, hopefully we get to see other cool cards from Eldorain that just didn't really work in the Oko meta. I think maybe the biggest example of this for me, cards that I'm excited to test out again, are the Mythic uh, Legendary Artifact Cycle. Those are cards like uh, Cauldron, really powerful card, the Great Henge, really powerful card, but in a world where... Oko just incidentally turns it into a 3-3 Elk in like 70% of your matches. <laughs> it's just not worth to build your deck around like, I'm going to get a bunch of creatures in the graveyard to be able to get the great uh, the uh cauldron going or whatever. So I feel like those are some of the cards. Someone else mentioned the gods yep. might have uh, a chance to return to standard since they were really silly against Oko. They lose all their abilities. Now all of a sudden they're the super annoying, really hard to kill creatures again. So I feel like there's a lot of cards that uh were just kind of off the table with Oko running around that all of a sudden might be very good. Feasting Troll King's another one that I'm like they had a little traction. The early days of standard is sort of like a weird dredge deck, the but Cleveland if it just turns Cavaliers. into a 3-3. Three, three, yeah. There's so <laughs> much stuff to explore now. So Yeah,
2: yeah. Like Cavaliers are now like back on the like, you know, back on the map. You can play them again. Uh and and they're absolute powerhouses. Cavalier of Thorns was pretty big. Um, for a chunk of its standard life. so
0: Yeah, Cavalier Thorns is good. The other Cavaliers are powerful. I'm excited to Yaraka again. <laughs> Yaraka uh, is the type of card that you really need to cast it and have it sit out for a couple of turns in non-elk form to really do anything. Uh, there might be a chance for that to work now. Uh, what are some other cards that you think get it- way better is uh, a result of this banning. So maybe discounting stuff that dies to Oko because everything got elk by Oko, but is there anything else uh, with Veil vale and also Once Upon a Time Getting Banned that you're kind of looking at as maybe getting better in the format?
1: Uh, I think we literally listed like every rare and mythic <laughs> <laughs> in standard, but um, Royal Scions, we haven't talked about Royal Scions, that's a strong three, three drop Planeswalker. Garrick? Maybe it's time Ooh. for our boy Garrick to, to do something. Uh, my personal favorite, Feasting Troll King, Seth mentioned. I think that was overshadowed uh, by all the other green stuff. So maybe green survives doing you know, a fair food deck with uh, Feasting Troll King. Clackbridge Troll, I don't know. I've always wanted to see that work. But... <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the reality is you're gonna see Torbrand. <laughs> <laughs> what do we Imagine do? if I you can't know. Elk Torbrand. What are you gonna do, right? <laughs> or you're gonna see like knights. Maybe maybe we see the Circle of Loyalty deck or something. Some kind of uh we had a bunch of decks that weren't green from the past Pro Tour, right? We've had like knight decks, um cleave decks, like Rotting Registrar, that kind of stuff. So maybe that all actually takes the forefront or maybe it's just all cats I I I don't know we'll we'll see how it goes
0: (laughs) I so I think the cat deck is beatable I think like I think the problem was you had to focus so heavily on beating Oko decks that you couldn't really afford to play cards that were bad against Oko but good against cats like uh Krim mentioned Kaya being a good example. I think that's a really good example, but Kaya's just not a card that's especially playable against Oko, so you can't really build your deck in a way to fight the cat decks. I think if cats are really good, uh, with a target on its back, I think it's a very beatable deck. I mean, you can play Leyline of the Void in your sideboard if yeah. you want to now, and that oh, just yeah. locks that down hard. So, I feel like it is beatable. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything you're worried about moving forward? Is there, is there another, so we went from Field of the Dead to Oko. Oko's now God, are we going to see another deck rise up and be 50% of the metagame, or do you think this banning actually solves the issues we've been having?
1: Well, I'm actually worried about cats, not because it's unbeatable, but because it is actually more miserable than Oko. Like, legit, yeah. I,
0: it's so slow.
1: For some reason, I was playing standard like all week. Like, I was like, oh, forget Oko, right? <laughs> I'm like, I, I was playing like, uh, oh, what is that? The glitter card? Like, I, I was I was playing like an artifact deck and I was playing my Slice Adventure, and they were all fine, except when you run into the cat deck, and legit, like, I had someone time out like four times over the weekend. <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> An hour later, like, did I really win this match? I don't know. At least Oko, like, you lose. This one is just like, okay, they're kind of winning, but the the combo takes so many clicks, right? So I I just really hope that that's not the norm going forward because all of them, like, the Sultai sacrifice, the Rakdos sacrifice, the Jun sacrifice, too many clicks for Cat on Magic Arena too many clicks.
0: Yeah, I think that is a good point. I also was kind of like, I'm glad Once Upon a Time got banned, because that's a card that really slows down Arena obnoxiously, especially on turn 1. You can tell your opponent, they're like, you sit there for 30 seconds on your turn 1, you're like, come on, I know you got the Once Upon a Time, just <laughs> let me play my stuff. Uh, Goose does that too, though. Goose was another card I was like, kind of rooting for getting banned, just because it's another card that tends to really slow down games on Arena, so I guess we'll have to live with that one, but yeah, the cat deck is pretty slow, Hopefully, it'll be beatable enough that maybe people won't play it too often. I, I don't know. Like, when 70% of the metagame leaves, uh, things are going to look, look a lot different. Like, that is just a massive shake-up.
1: When's our, when's our Mythic Championship coming up, like...
0: <laughs> uh under a month, 3 Eldraine weeks. I'll drain part 3 in 3 weeks? 3 weeks I think. Yeah. I believe the first the first full weekend in December, like the 6th through 8th.
1: All right. So when Arena comes up, it's already up. I don't know when, when do the changes go live? They they, have, they didn't say so anything. So did you they figure that out? Actually
0: they are live now. I logged into Arena oh. and they had a big ban announcement, and they gave me back a bunch of wild cards. So at least H- for how me, how many wild the cards bandings, did we get?
1: Uh, did you get got the full four, 12?
0: <laughs> four mythic, four rare, four uncommon. Yeah, yep. so you got the full yep. the full set for everything that was banned.
1: Oh, we're rich yeah. now. Yeah. We're, yes, we're All arena right, rich. What, what is the first deck? That you'll be you'll be trying out.
0: <laughs> oh well, I mean, I'm playing Salty Yarok. I know it's probably not like optimal, but I just I, I've missed being able to panharmonicon in Standard, so uh, that's that's my first deck I'm working on.
2: Uh, I, I'm gonna. Da- I'm I've already got an Esper list built, and I've got a Grixis Fires list built that I've been playing. Uh, and and I'm not gonna lie to you, I I really 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 like Grixis Fires, so I'm gonna just keep jamming that. Except I do like Kaya. I really like Kaya right now. <laughs> like so just so I'm back on the five esper color. Po- No. 5 color fire scrim. No, I keep maybe maybe we just play like four Cry of the Carnariums and But that like it isn't it doesn't cause like Cry of the Carnarium doesn't just end the opponent, right? Like the figure is they could just do kill all their cats on their turn, which sounds weird to say, but like they, they blow up all their own cats on their own turn and I'm still in trouble. So Kaya, however, gets rid of the oven. Or or you could I, just take up to fairy. Yeah, I could take up to fairy. And then cast the
0: cry during your opponent's. So turn. esper,
2: see, so like it is back on yeah, the esper. Okay. Plan. It all
0: comes back to esper, yeah. <laughs>
2: because because <laughs> I before I was playing, like I, I was thinking like maybe I just go and play Bedevil like a full play set as opposed to murderous rider, cause then that blows up the oven. The oven is more of the problem than anything to me.
0: That, yeah, and it's, uh, easier to deal with since the cat keeps getting sacrificed in response. So that's a good point. I appreciate that you're playing Grixis fires and not a fires deck that Literally can't cast half their cards if you oh. keep fires off the battlefield. <laughs> I, I almost feel bad for some of the people you play against at Arena. Like, really? Like, you're that greedy? You're trying to cast Nicobolas with your blue white mana base, like Grixit your Jeskai mana base? Like, come on now. Come on now, opponent. Oh, That's Seth. the whole point oh, of Oh,
2: Seth. Have you not? You say that, but let me tell you something. <laughs> I am that greedy in Pioneer. <laughs> <laughs> and out of the sideboard i do have i actually play one overgrown tomb because that allows me to play tamio out of the sideboard and garrick
0: Ooh, i like that well uh any other standard banning stuff we actually have more bannings to talk about and then even more topics we got to get to so maybe we should work our way through the rest of uh
1: of this ban list all right next up brawl is banned now oko was <gasps> already banned in arena <laughs> For some yes. reason, they had two different band lists for Paper and Arena. Now they're both the same. Good <laughs> so, call. I, I don't think we choice. need more on that. Uh, Legacy, Red and Six is banned. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I haven't I, played much Legacy lately. The numbers that they posted and what I've heard from Legacy players uh, seems to suggest this is probably a good banning, so I think I'm all for it, even though I haven't played with or against Red and Six in Legacy hardly
1: at all. So the TLDR is wasteland locking people is not cool right <laughs> <It turns laughs>
0: and out. also
1: a lot of the metagame defining creatures in legacy have one toughness mother of runes thalia young pyro uh so they, they they're like okay six is done so no no more team or for you guys you're gonna have to go back to like i don't know do they even play nimble mongoose or whatever anymore i mean you know what Team or Delver looks like nowadays. Uh
0: I don't think so. I think that was I think it's been like seven or eight years since since there's been Nimble Mongoose in. It's time Canadian, to go back to those it's, days. It's not it's not Team or Delver, Richard. It's Canadian Threshold. What? That's when oh. they used to play Nimble Mongoose.
1: But I feel like that is the deck that always <laughs> changes whenever something is broken. Like that's the deck that you shove Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise in. That's the deck that you put red and 6 in. Like that's I mean, it became a deck when they made Delver. Right, so I feel like whenever anything breaks a legacy, it's that deck that gets it. So uh, yeah, back back to Canadian threshold to you. <laughs> uh, last up, oh one more. Yeah, go ahead. Go last ahead. up, we have Vintage Narset Parter of is restricted.
0: Oh uh, yeah, that's probably good. I mean, Narset is a pretty obnoxious card uh, in older formats, especially. So I think I'm down with that. Uh, I've never also played unbanded. a game of
1: Vintage my entire life. <laughs> I don't know what this means, but okay.
0: I mean, you gotta think that in Vintage, with all the fast mana, it's you can kind of like Narset lock someone on turn one for the most part, and decks are built around Ancestral Recalls, Brainstorms, Ponders, so if you just go like, turn one, Black Lotus, Narset, counter your, like, force your force, then your opponent just like, has a really hard time actually functioning.
1: But has there never been a card, like, that does this? Ever? (laughs) That's been played in Vintage?
0: Uh... Like, there's Leovold? I can't remember, actually, uh, where Leovold is at, although it is a creature, so that does kind of uh, lessen the problem, since you can just kill it with something easier than uh, a Planeswalker.
1: Like, can't you just notion thief someone? Like, I I don't know, this is weird. I I guess because the cost is low. You just minus two and then get another brainstorm or something, and you're good to go.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The other thing that came out regarding Bannings was this play design article. Did you guys uh, oh, get yeah. a chance to catch that? Yeah. What it so my, my take on this article to summarize it, and you can see it over, uh, on the mothership, the article is a uh, play design lessons learned. The overall takeaway was that I had was, yeah, we kind of missed high on Oko, but this is the power level we're aiming for. And in, mm-hmm. in general, I think we like, I- in general, we hit the power level that we were going for with Throne of Eldorain, discounting uh, a couple of exceptions.
2: I, well, like, after reading that, I actually am happy, because my biggest complaint with uh, with uh Standard a, a little while back, like, especially when, like, the team or Energy sadness was going on, was that it just felt so weak, all of Standard, right? Like, that's why Modern and whatnot just felt, like, way more exciting to me, was because Standard just felt so underpowered. Like, Ixalan, the, like, the whole block of Ixalan just felt like, meh. And, I mean, I like Search for Ascanta, but, like, that, that, that all, like, otherwise, like, all the creatures, everything felt so medium, if you would. Uh, and, like, and not really fun to play with. And now, and then after they increased their power level, I actually really liked it. I mean, yeah, it means that some cards like Oko slip through, but, like, I do enjoy, uh, you know, R&D taking chances and trying, like, more powerful cards in standard. And I'm a-okay with that, even if that means more bannings and stuff like that. So I'm happy they're increasing the power level.
0: What did you think about it, Richard?
1: I'm the opposite of Krim. (laughs) I'd rather them not increase the power level. It seems nowadays, like, every standard set, Legacy, Commander, Modern, like, they all get shooken up because you you have, like, crazy cards entering the format. So I think within standard itself, it doesn't matter what the power level is, really. Like, if everything is high-powered, well, you know, all your decks are high-powered. You fight each other. If everything is low-powered, it's the same, right? As long as if it's low-powered, it has to be interesting, uh you know like story mechanic or flashback or you know whatever they they make but when it spills into the other formats i think it's too much i mean i think it's weird that every standard set release like legacy changes so to me is it though like the whole point of these old formats is i can play my old deck right but I, i told you guys right i was like oh jund you know it's just the best cards in modern (laughs) <laughs> let's 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 play it right and I'm like while well, half my deck is irrelevant because of modern horizons and You know all the latest sets and you know to upgrade my deck is another like four hundred dollars right? So like I'm like that feels bad, right? Like especially since it wasn't that long ago that my deck was up-to-date So I, I like like the slow trickle of cards into older formats right and I like cards that are synergistic like, you know, if they print a new combo piece and, like, a deck becomes a thing, like, say, copycat combo or something, right? That's fine. But when they start printing, like, fatal pushes every set, like, you just got to update all your decks, like, all the time. Which is kind of what they want because they want you to buy cards. But at the same time, I think the older formats, like, should move a little slower. And if we want fast-paced change, we, we play standard. So I mean, I think
0: eh. from reading that article, I think that's what they were going for. Like, they mention cards in standard not impacting or like not being relevant to players outside of standard which i assume they meant modern legacy vintage etc so i feel like they uh, i read that as them saying like they were intentionally trying to print cards in a way that they would be relevant or impact older formats too i think my only concern is uh if you're going to walk the the tightrope and have things be near the upper limit as far as power level it's really easy to end up with cards that go a little bit too far, which we saw arguably with Oko and Veil of Summer and Once Upon a Time. So if you're aiming for nines, when you just make a card a little bit too powerful, you end up with 11 and you need bannings, when if you're aiming for like 7, if you miss a little high, you get a 9. And it's good, but it's probably still not bannably good. So I don't think bannings are necessarily a bad thing. It's just such a big change compared to how Magic has traditionally been, where bannings are... Uh, traditionally like uh, an extreme rarity in standard and i think if this is a power level that wizards is aiming for i think as a community we're just gonna have to kind of come to grips that uh this is the new reality of standard and we should probably be expecting to have bannings on a regular basis because if you're going to shoot for this super high power level some cards are going to be a little bit more powerful than you expect when you're making them and uh then they're going to need to
1: get banned yeah and yeah. also remember like literally, I don't know, like six weeks ago, right? Same card pool with Field of the Dead included. No one was peeping about Oko at all, right? Like everyone's like, oh my god, Field of How could you let this through? Blah, 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 right? So it's a really hard balance game. And if they never ban Field of the Dead, maybe Oko never reaches this level of play. And then Oko is quote unquote fine for standard, right? So it's The absence or inclusion of a single card can change, like, the whole dynamic of standards. So I don't... That's why I don't put too much stock into what they say. They're like, yeah, Oko is too powerful. But if they never banned Field of the Dead, we never would have seen it. And then they would have some other reason, right? Oh, we never tested Field of the Dead. So... They can write all they want in their play design articles, but just give me good standards, right? Like, they can say, like, oh, we screwed up, this was the worst ever, we fired the whole team. Or they're like, oh, no, we we got everything down. We just, like, you know, someone in the printer screwed it up. They can say whatever they want, right? As long as they give us good standards, that's all that matters, right? But as long as standard is bad, like, it doesn't matter what they say, right? Like, we, we don't know the inner workings of the team. We can't say anything about it. It's just... We trust you. I hope you do it right. And then, if you do it well, everyone will just forget about it. But if you do it wrong, the internet will like burst in outrage, right? <laughs> we I, had a uh, very good run, though, of standard for a chunk of time.
2: I would say. I mean, yeah, they, they all it was also followed by like the biggest, <laughs> <laughs> biggest elk, if you would. Uh, but like, <laughs> like I, I do, I, I thought it was cool, you know, that we did have a very good standard for a while.
0: I gotta ask you, though, like, so, assuming we're aiming for this high power level, and I think we're all in agreement, if you aim high, sometimes it's gonna go a little too far, which probably means more bannings, uh, at least compared to historically when we had a standard banning every seven years or something on average. Do you think that's gonna do you think it's going to be a problem, especially for the paper part of the game? On arena, like, whatever, cards are, like, kind of cheap, and you can free-to-play, and they give you wild cards back, but just look at these decks, like, the Oko decks were 6 7 almost $800, they've dropped down a little bit, because Oko has been decreasing in price, and even the other decks, you're looking at $300, $400 for Jeskai Fires, almost, like, do you think having a couple of round of bannings each year because of uh, aiming for this high power level, are we going to have people just quitting Standard because of the expense of it and the the frustration with spending five hundred dollars and then having the deck you spent five hundred dollars on get banned?
2: There is a concern for like the paper part of it, right? Like, there's people that'll be like, yeah, like, oh, I just bought a fresh play set of Okos for Standard, and I don't really play. Like, cause I know people that just don't play anything outside of Standard. Right. They only play standard and yeah, like the, for those people, it will be, it'll be rough. Right. Like, I mean, ah, how do you, how do you get around that? Right. Cause like seeing this many bannings a year does make people like nervous to buy into paper.
0: Yeah. That's, that's my one concern. Like uh, for us, like, (sighs) who are very entrenched in the magic community uh we can we can survive stuff like that but i've definitely gotten messages i remember when like emiracle got banned i got an email that was like i'm 15 years old i got my birthday money i spent it on emiracles and now it's banned how can i even like keep playing magic and i'm like oh like i'm sorry kid like i don't know what to say like that really sucks (laughs) and if we're having bannings like twice a year or something on average you're gonna have a lot more of those 15 year old kids that are like do i even want to play this or should i just like buy an xbox one or whatever and <laughs> and forget about this magic thing
1: i mean we saw it right we saw the tournament series in paper a couple weeks ago that didn't fire because no one wanted to play standard right either uh you didn't want to invest in okos because okos you know everyone's Theorizing is getting banned but you don't know right so you're not going to drop all this money and they had to switch to Pioneer so I think it's already happening and I think it is really bad right like standard is already a tough sell right like you you play your cards for a year or two and then they're useless now it's maybe weeks (laughs) right like (laughs) imagine okay imagine next set comes out okay Theros okay and then initial playtesting you find some like bonkers combo you're like this this is oko this is oko right uh, and then you gotta go buy a play set of these mythics are you gonna drop $200 you're like oh this is so oko that it's gonna get banned should I actually buy it or not and then you're gonna hesitate you may not buy you may or not and I don't know it just makes people less inclined to play magic when, when stuff like this happens so I actually hate the precedent that we we ban like crazy right? and like the old days where like nothing gets banned right? you're gonna kind of tough it out or we're gonna have to do a better job so that you know, you protect players because magic is expensive. And if things keep changing, like, nonstop, like, it's not only the Okos that get banned, right? Let's say you bought all the breeding pools, right? But now you don't use them anymore. Now what, right? You don't play modern. What is the point of this, right? Like, it, it's not just the cards that get banned. It's all support cards. Your Nissa's are now useless if Simic is not a real deck anymore. So it is pretty expensive.
0: I'm I'm really curious how Wizards came to see bannings in this way. Because it seems like it's not just a shift on the community's part, but it's a shift on Wizards part because they were loath to ban cards for up until up until Kaladesh really, like cards would be busted in standard and very very strong and uh and we wouldn't get bannings that was just not how it worked the community didn't expect bannings wizards didn't give bannings so i'm curious what the changes at wizards it might be going like a little bit too far and like putting too much stuff together but i almost think maybe they have come around we've talked about this before a little bit about like maybe papers about casual now and it's about commander products and it's about mystery boosters and it's about side events at magic fest so maybe they're more accepting of bannings because their plan is to have competitive standard be a, a digital format for the most part and then that lessens the pain if people are, the paper cards people are buying are for their commander decks or to play a whatever cube draft or a chaos draft and then if you gotta ban standard cards, if people are only playing on Magic Arena, like it's not as big of a deal, so you think this ties into like the long term trajectory of how Wizards is handling paper magic versus digital magic, do you think that's part of the plan?
1: I think definitely Because I I think back In the old days Before you know When only magic online existed (laughs) Back in my day (laughs) If if standard was broken It would take you months To realize this Right Like You know By the time you know, the, the pre-order, uh, you know, the sales data from the latest set comes back. It's like already like a year or something, right? Like, oh, no one's actually attending events. Like the feedback was so slow. Now when your standard sucks, you used to be like last week we lost like 5 million players on Magic Arena, right? And it looks really bad and they can pinpoint it exactly so they can fix it or quote unquote fix it, right? So I, I do think it is arena, right? They can instantly tell if something is good or bad because, out of nowhere, like you lose a, you know, let's say you lose 25% of your players or 25% uh, of people are are playing or less people are playing ranked or something like that, right? You can tell immediately. Whereas back in the day, it took a really long time for you to figure that out. And by the time you figured it out, it was like too late to make any changes, right? Because if you did a banning, it would take another like year to get your data. And then like, you know, nothing useful would happen. So I think it is all because Arena and like you know how big magic is now right it's more important it's harder for them to grow it you know every quarter uh, because it's so big now so they have to do more dramatic things and that's why we see like 8 million product releases we see 8 million bandings to go with them I think it's it's all related
0: all right, so uh, let's move on. We spent quite a while talking about bannings. We got a couple other topics that we really wanted to hit up with. The other big one being some Magic Arena news that came out this week. So, uh, Richard, what was, uh, what was the announcement about for Magic Arena, The kind of the TLDR?
1: All right, Historic. They gave us the cards. Are you ready? I will list yes. off the 20 new cards that are releasing this Wednesday. Is that right? In two days? Uh, the
0: 21st, which... Uh, Thursday? Thursday, I think.
1: Soul Warden. Distant Melody. Treasure Hunt. Tendrils of Corruption. Goblin Matron. Kiln Fiend. Elvish Visionary. Mindstone, Ornithopter. Burning Tree Emissary. Kinsbale Cavalier. Hypnotic Specter. Imperious. Perfect. Cryptbreaker. Fauna Shaman. Darksteel Reactor. Captain Sissé. Phyrexian Arena. Hidetsugu's second right, Sarah Ascendant.
0: I gotta say, I'm really happy so with this. Role, list. role player
1: cards, right? It's not, it's not the Dark Confidant, Tron Lands, or you know whatever broken things we're imagining. It's like little cards that help archetypes that you know almost exist in our card well. pool.
0: And to be fair, we weren't just imagining. It was Wizards that put out the like brainstorm, dark confidant, worm coil list of cards they were considering. So it wasn't like we just like ran wild with it. Like Wizards are the one that put out those card names, but I think this is way better. This is exactly what I was hoping they would do, uh, with the new cards to historic rather than putting in worm coil type cards that just dominate every other six drop in the format. I feel like these cards, while less powerful, I think that they support some recently rotated archetypes: goblins, elves, uh, life gain, popular like semi-casual themes that people are going to want to play. So I feel like this is actually a a really sweet list of cards, and I'm pretty happy with it.
2: I, I yeah, I'm really excited to see Phyrexian Arena and play with like Hypnotic Specter, but
0: I'm I'm mono black control. Yeah,
2: but like the at the same time, I'm on the other side of it where I think. This list isn't that powerful, I wanted a little more.
0: It, it is definitely not as powerful as Worm Coils and Dark Confidants and Brainstorms or whatever, but personally, I was skeptical about adding a really powerful card. So I, for me, I think I'm happier with it. I'm also uh, another part of the announcement. Starting in January, they're actually going to support historic. It's going to have an evergreen competitive queue, which is something I've like written articles about and tweeted about and just like, uh, so I'm really happy that Wizards is finally taking the initiative and in putting other formats on arena full time uh, this is kind of like the first step towards that which i think is pretty exciting as well yeah so
1: also in the announcement they mentioned that they are considering pioneer working oh. towards.
0: i think were the exact words working towards yeah. but it's gonna take a while
1: so it's on the radar uh but they didn't give any plans but but yeah yes i i, I don't know <laughs> like so seeing this list of cards are you guys hyped about historic or are you still like but pioneer, <laughs> this so
2: yeah. I, I'm still but pioneer. Like this card, uh, like this list, as you already know, doesn't do much for me outside of like maybe making a few adorable mono black control decks. But like outside of that, it's not something I could see me playing day in and day out, right? Like there, th- these cards don't do anything for me. Not yet. Not until enough like car like sets have rotated out of standard. But pioneer, however, is it, it like definitely feels like. A whole different format and whereas this just feels like i don't know standard plus a few random cards <laughs>
1: 20 to be precise 20 yes <laughs> 20
2: random cards that aren't that powerful so i just don't feel like i'm getting like the feel of like when i play pioneer modern or anything it, like it doesn't excite me it doesn't make me want to immediately play it again but kinsville so, cavalier i mean oh.
1: mine. why <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, is there a kithkin here <laughs> but Mindstone. stone yes 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 like so, oh, wait, wait! All right, there's one more important thing here. You can buy all 20 cards for 3,400 gems.
0: I will say mm. uh, a bit of a bit of uh, constructive criticism. Didn't Wizards say there would be a way that you could get these cards for free? Like I vividly yeah. remember your the initial cards. announcement <laughs> saying that there was going to be like some sort of event where you could just like get these cards for playing in it.
1: But I- so they have an event, but they're for card styles. Mm. So for <laughs> 1,000 gold, uh, you can play as much as you want, apparently. And then five wins will get you, or each win will get you a card style. And then you can go up to five wins. Uh, but you do have to buy, basically, a complete set. If you want to buy or use your wild cards, which is weird because they never, it's not even a pack. It's not an event. It's just straight up buy them with gems.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I wish you could buy more cards with gems. <laughs> I, yeah. I would love that. That would be close to being able to actually have like a store? real economy. Yeah. Like Ooh. if you could buy wild cards or singles. Oh man, that would be so, that and would no be no one would so ever
1: open a pack and how would they make their money? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah I'm just disappointed because I was under the impression that there was gonna be a way for players to win these cards for free and it sounds like they may be backtracked on that idea
1: Wait, which which rarity are these things? what do you mean are they the are they like the original rarities or are they like which what kind of wild card do I need to get uh, these cards I mean I'm not expecting
2: is rare right it it was rare
1: um and i, I think I, 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 I think that means that is yeah, it is still but, rare <laughs> and so it's the original it's it was original... actually
0: wasn't hippie a uncommon back in the day or has yeah, it always been back, rare
1: I, I thought it was uncommon like i right thought it back, was like an uncommon knows. and
0: like revised or something and then it turned into a rare but yes i think uh most of these are rares although cards that are only printed as like commons or uncommons have their original rarity so like goblin matron uh, i believe is a common Disson melody i know is treasure hunt is but then a lot of the other cards are are rares so yeah i will say one last thing on this. Uh, uh, I'm more excited for Historic because they announced they're going to support Pioneer and that they're working towards Pioneer. The way I view this format is, uh, if you've been playing Magic Online for a long time, they used to have a format called Classic which was uh, basically vintage, but you didn't actually have Power 9 or a lot of other vintage cards because they weren't on Magic Online. So they had a format called Vintage, which was basically, uh, or called Classic, which was basically vintage with whatever cards happened to be on Magic Online. Eventually, they actually added Power 9 and the rest of the cards needed for Vintage, Classic, kind of just died because who's going to play this fake format when there's a real format supported? Uh, I think that's exactly what's going to happen with Historic and Pioneer. I like the idea of Historic as another way to fill my time on Arena while I'm waiting for them to add Pioneer. But as soon as they actually have Pioneer, and hopefully it actually happens quicker than we think, and it's in the not super distant future, then I think Historic is 100% a dead format. It's done over... Maybe they don't officially kill it, but I think no one plays it, and eventually it'll just kind of fade away and die.
1: Yeah, I mean, that just means it's set up for mediocrity. (laughs) Like, if they can't get standard right, right, with all the resources they put into it, if they are imagining historic dies in the future, like, how much effort do you think they put into balancing and testing this format? Like, probably not much, right? And then that means it probably won't be that fun, right? So... (laughs) I hope it's not that, right? I hope they're actually all in, and they're like, yeah, Historic is a real format. We're going to put all of our resources into it. Like, the success of Arena depends on this, and then they make a fun format. As opposed to, it's a holdover for Pioneer, because then it's just guaranteed to be bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, as long as it's not a holdover for too long, I think it's fine. Like, I'm hopeful that we'll have Pioneer in the next couple of years, maybe? They announce later <laughs> oh, next year. So they're going to like, play
1: Summer. Magic Arena 2 <laughs> will be out by then, right? Yeah.
0: Like- <laughs> I mean, they said next year they're going to start doing remastered sets that combine together multiple sets and have the relevant cards in them. So we know that they're going to start putting more old cards on the client starting next year, so fingers crossed, like, maybe we can have something that is at least very close to Pioneer in the not-super-distant future?
2: I, I want Pioneer, actual Pioneer, by summer.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, I would love to have it next week. I don't know how practical it is to add that many sets in that amount of time, but, oh, that would be awesome if they could.
2: Like, you can you can dial back the animations, like, just, just give me Pioneer <laughs> by summer. Like, I... Oh, please. <laughs> please. <laughs>
0: all right. Uh did we have any other I think that was all the Arena news. The uh, other thing we wanted to touch on quickly before jumping into Fish Mail, we had a big pioneer tournament. It was the SCG Invitational this weekend featuring Modern and Pioneer. What did y'all make of uh of that tournament?
1: I didn't watch it. <laughs> I didn't watch it. But Model Black Agro <laughs> took first place. Mono Black and, Aggro
0: is kind of like the, the new hot deck in the format. Yeah, I think, uh, Mono it, Black Aggro, it, it seems pretty reasonable. And I think it's also like fairly budget friendly if you're looking for an intro deck because it's playing a bunch of pretty, pretty bad black one drops that are, I assume, pretty cheap. Uh, so yeah, that was cool to see it take it down. I think the green decks still look really powerful. Field of the Dead is the other thing that's really been on the rise in the last week. Some, uh, these like Bant ramp control Field of the Dead decks. I wouldn't be super surprised if Field of the Dead was high on the watch list in terms of like future bannings. That's a card that over the weekend, I know like Sam Black was talking about and Todd Anderson, like a lot of people that were at the tournament were like, eh, this is like moved to the top of my pioneer ban list. So, uh, I could definitely see that happening, but overall the format still looked pretty diverse. I watched a lot of the tournament and It kind of feels like modern where you don't die on turn three, but you still, the most played decks are 15, 20% of the format, something like that. There's a huge number of viable decks. So I think we're, what, a month and a half into the format now, and it's still maintaining that, that identity, which I think is what people want out of the format.
1: Yeah, the top 16 is super diverse, and oh my god, I just found—is it in Soul Deck? But it it looks nothing like like standard, right? Standard is like there's like two decks here, right? But here there's actually like so many decks still, and that's good, right? Because uh, you know we're we're several weeks into the format, we were afraid if it was just gonna be like a single deck format, but turns out no, Uh, you can play any deck you want, and lots of different decks, lots of different colors. Uh, which is important. Uh, so, yeah, it's looking pretty good for Pioneer.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for it, and I'm sure... Uh, I think the hype will continue, at least up through the beginning of the year when we have, like, the Players Tour, GP, Star. I think, if anything, this this might actually be, like, the lull as people are worried about actually, like, investing in the format too much while we get weekly b and I wouldn't be surprised to see another explosion of interest uh, at the start of the year once we actually have the big paper events firing consistently. I,
2: I would also just like to point out that I think it's pretty cool that Vivian Arc Ranger is, like, firing off, like, like firing <laughs> off right now in, like, formats. Like, it's even played in, like, a mono-green devotion in modern, right? Like, like... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was
0: something I actually saw on camera this weekend is uh because of the success of Mono Green Devotion with Light Line of Abundance and Pioneer before it was banned, players are playing that in Modern now. Like, you get a couple of upgrades in Modern, but it's basically the same deck that was so dominant in Pioneer that they had to ban cards from it. So it's been interesting to see... Uh, modern being impacted by Pioneer basically because no one had really tried that style of devotion deck with Leyline of Abundance in modern until after people start doing it in Pioneer.
2: Yeah. And like now, like there's like a ton of blight beetles everywhere. Like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do think Nyctos might still end up getting bad in the format. The greed decks. Uh, I once upon a time's gotta be banned. Please, for the love of God, when you ban cards today, wizards, just get rid of Once Upon a Time everywhere. And Nexus I of played, Fate. <laughs> uh, so much pioneer and the consistency that green decks can go turn one mana dork, turn two Steel Leaf Champion, Yorvo, Oko, like some really busted three drop, it's like a hundred percent. When you have Once Upon a Time and your deck has a lot of redundancy and you have London mulligans to get like a free mulligan if you need to, those starts happen so often and we don't have the removal in the format to deal with it. Like yeah, we, we do. just don't have the hard removal.
1: <laughs> I feel that's not a problem. I mean I, okay, <laughs> you're allowed to do that if you play eight to ten one drops, right? Like that's how you you used to do it the old fashioned way, <laughs> old- right? Like <laughs> now you can play four with four once upon a time, right? But Pioneer, Pioneer has eight mana dorks, right? It, it must, right? Yeah. Yeah, you have so, lanor and lanor Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Goose. So yeah. I feel like you're gonna see that with or without Once Upon a Time. Like you you it's like don't print three uh three CMC 5 power creatures, is what you're trying to say, Seth. Because it's gonna happen, right? If you have all those <laughs> mana dorks. And then between Yorvo and Quest, uh, Lovestruck Beast, like, you will always have a three-man of five-power creature anyway, so I, that's not yeah. once upon a time. That's just green cards. Man, that's that's Maybe why. that's true. Like, I've, I've n- and now with, you know, my,
2: uh, my Noxious Grasp not being taxed, like at least paper wise in standard, uh, I can just le- move all my Noxious Grasp in my Pioneer deck and not have to swap in between events. Because I play four Wait, Noxious Grasp in the side of my Pioneer deck. <laughs> Did
0: you? Did you really not want to buy five more dollars worth of Noxious grass to nope. avoid resle- nope. re-sleeping every time no, you I want don't. to switch formats? No, I don't.
2: <laughs> no, I don't.
0: <laughs> oh, I appreciate your dedication, Crib. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the problem is, like, uh, Fatal Push is hard to refole. A Braid a style removal spells can't kill the four toughness creatures. So I think it's more of a product of, like, the big three-drop green creatures just line up really well with the the most commonly played removal in the format which is probably part of what makes it obnoxious like if you could just abrade or fatal push away the steel leaf champion or whatever it would be a lot easier but it's actually really hard to do that in pioneer yeah block
1: trigger, <laughs> trigger I, I, vault, all my creatures are like push. too powered so i can't even block the darn steel leaf champion i'm
0: like oh my god wow oh my god play Come real creatures now. Seth.
1: what are you doing oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right, all right. Well let's let's answer some fish mail before we run okay. out of time today.
1: All right, if you have questions, send them to MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MG Fishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. First question, Antonio Slorers. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. Really enjoy the podcast. If Watsy creates a Mull Duel Land, as it comes into play, you may put a card from your hand on the bottom of your library. If you don't, it comes into play tapped add X or Y mana good enough slash bad design is it fetchable Mm -hmm. I think it has to be fetchable yeah it has to be fetchable fetchable (laughs) if if it's fetchable would you play that would you just like chuck a card and not even chuck a card in the graveyard to power up your delve but to like bottom of library
0: I think I think maybe you'd have to be looking at, like, a five-color land. Yeah. Like, gemstone caverns or gemstone mine. Like, I think if you're going to have that big of a drawback that you go down a card, I think it's got to tap for any color.
2: And, and and it would be a gemstone that also doesn't have counters. Like, it just always adds whatever I want. Yeah.
1: Land. A city of brass. But but, how, but how do we Painless, make that though. fetchable? <laughs> you just just make it land. Plains, island, forest, mountains. All five?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then it would be so broken with, like, domain, right?
2: Also dies, it also gets blown up, like, and dunked on by every hate card, right? Like, <laughs> choke. <laughs> like, <laughs> boil.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you want, man? <laughs> it's a fetchable <laughs> five color duel. Desolation. It might still be too good. Do you think it might be too good?
0: <laughs> uh, I don't think it would be
1: Like, I mean, you would good. never play it in a Jund deck, right? But if you're playing, like, a combo deck, like, what does one card mean to you, right? It's like if you can get your mana it's pretty good right
0: you already have like city of brass mana confluence gemstone mine gemstone cavern like
1: but these would be fetchable
0: would you play it over those cards
1: i don't know but you could do (laughs) you could like turn one black card into turn two white white into turn three green 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 or something like you could do weird stuff well you would would, be
2: heavily relying on like a first off a painful mana base because you would have to put like four city of brass
1: four mana confluence four the of thing these is things. it's a fetch land right so yeah. you don't need to fetch and discard your hand you can fetch like a normal fetch land if it's sufficient right it's like when you really do need that like special color like can you imagine arbor elf with this thing you can like somehow boros charm someone <laughs> with like a forest <laughs> right so i don't know i think it's interesting i think it might be I think it's playable. I I would like to see them do something like that. Uh, Captain Wow twenty six. Hey guys, what do you think the best counter spells in Pioneer would be? Grim, uh, have you had a sampling of every every card that says counter target?
2: Y- yes, <laughs> I I have sampled this. Yes.
1: Uh, what, what are the best ones uh, prior
2: to Veil of Summer? <laughs> I mean, after like after Veil of Summer, uh, the, I I would say that. I mean, I've been playing disallow and absorb. I've been doing a split. Uh, the, the ability to counter activated abilities or like, you know, planeswalker ults has been pretty huge. Uh, maybe even disallowing a marvel activation, anything like that, or, you know, Ulamog's, you know, cast trigger. But absorb, you know, the, the format is quite aggressive and, Uh, like, I'm not gonna lie to you all, like, there's, I've, oh, there's a lot of tribal decks, and, like, Adanto Vanguard is terrifying, so, like, I mean, I need to gain some life, and I think Absorb is pretty big here, too.
0: I think those are the two that I have been countered by the most.
2: Yeah. Like, it's, it's, like, and I think you play both. I like both. I like a 2-2 split, so that, that's what I do in my deck, because I, I, like, it seems weird playing a three-mana counterspell outside of standard, but, but, like, (laughs) it's, it's
1: good. they're they're good in this format alright follow up question from Hyper Librarian what would magic be like if counter spells didn't exist um I'd probably be playing Pokemon or something
2: (laughs) yeah isn't it like Hearthstone at this point
1: like literally yeah it actually
2: (laughs) would just be like Hearthstone yeah there'd be (laughs) I mean what like so we only have like Doom Blades and stuff like that for interaction
1: um Oh, that is that is. I feel like we've seen Blue We've had <laughs> we've had standards where counter spells were bad, and no one played any counter spells, and like that's what magic would look like during those ones, right? I and mean, that was not a great. Just magic. recently, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like with teferi and Vale of Summer, no one's really been playing counterspells the last that's, few months. That's
2: what you think, Seth. <laughs>
1: well, except vale, for Vale Grand of Summer count- is counter spell. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think older formats would be destroyed. Like legacy without counter spells, yeah. you would just die on turn one. It would be whoever can race to the turn one kill most consistently.
2: Yeah, you uh, need counter
1: magic. It's a necessary evil. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hubris three. For the Commander Clash logo, who's the angry fish?
2: Ooh. Oh who's the
1: angry one this season?
2: This season. I feel like it it, there's more angry, angry
1: fish, actually.
2: I would say everyone except me is the angry fish because everybody <laughs> kills me all the time, and I guess, or maybe that makes me the angry fish because everybody kills me. Who knows? Uh,
0: I mean, you do always start with a counterbalance on the battlefield. I don't know how. Every week. It's,
2: I feel like that's my planeswalker ability: just find a <laughs> counterspell, plus one find counterspell, <laughs> or counterbalance. But, but like, legitimately. Everyone is like, like, there's no point in politicking this season because it's just like everyone's like, no, 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 no. no. We're we're just killing Krim. He has a
1: counterbalance. <laughs> I don't even know how you keep getting a counterbalance on the battlefield in Commander. <laughs> like, are you stacking your deck somehow? <laughs> <Yeah>, d- Digitally <laughs> on Magic yeah. Online, yeah, <laughs> like. Like how does it's like a ninety nine card deck? How does this guy always have like a turn two counterbalance? <laughs> counterbalance, God. But the thing is, I never have the top. It's always just blind <laughs> counterbalance flips. Yeah, you, you need to up your deck stacking game, you. <laughs> I mean, apparently, like
2: like one of the one of the things I have to rely on, Seth.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, free jazz. What's the most oppressive broken deck this year? Hogak, Oko, or KCI? By the numbers, Oko. <laughs> I think uh,
0: Hogak was uh, was probably busted, right? That's true, but it's also modern. So the the bar is a little different, I think. But percentage wise, you're definitely correct. But I think as far as just like playing against both of those decks, Oh, I don't yeah. know, maybe it's just that Hogat oh, kills you so quickly that it, it it's better in a weird way, because at least you don't have to sit there for an hour while you wait for your Oko opponent to kill you. Like, maybe that maybe that's the upside. They just straight up kill you on turn two, and you're like, huh, oh, okay, on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, there's no illusion
2: <laughs> that you might win this game, right?
1: Like, it's just like, yes. you no, know, you're, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh Suntail Hawkins In Throne of Eldritching pre-release One of my opponents was young and playing way too fast He attacked into Revenge of Ravens Which would have killed him and then took it back I let it go but after multiple less serious mistakes I called him out What would you have done? Ew <laughs> mm-hmm. See I, I normally I'm like
2: I'm, I'm the person even at a GP level Where I would just be like That's fine whatever you just do it again I don't, I don't, and I would just let you keep doing it over again though but I mean well no I wouldn't maybe I wouldn't don't, don't, hold on I can't say that because then people are like oh I'll just keep doing it when I play against <laughs> Oh,
1: now you, now you know how to beat Crib. Uh, <laughs> like farming, farming, farming for buys at a Grand Prix I, <laughs> oh, I, I attack. oh you have a combat trick let me take it back <laughs> yeah I mean
2: like legitimately I would like just be like hey yeah your, your chalice trigger I I, rem- I play my opponents I remind my opponents of their chalice triggers and whatnot, and like And and, and I don't know. I feel like I would just let them take it back. But I would let them take it back because I would let a lot of things fly.
0: I mean, I think at a pre-release, I would let them probably keep doing it as well. I've always thought of pre-releases as, like super casual where like people who have never even played before or haven't played hardly at all can go in and play so i think if it was a grand prix or pro tour i would probably uh do something differently at some point but at a at a pre-release i don't know i don't know if i would ever like call someone out really at a pre-release just <laughs> I mean, randomly I it depends,
1: super right? mad at this is not the first this is not just a single instance right like what if every turn you like attack into ra- revenge of ravens Right. So I feel you could go either way. Right. Like, either, you know, after like the third time, you're like, okay, that's the last one. Next time it happens, you're going to die. Okay. Okay. I mean, (laughs) mean, yeah, I guess guess, like like there is. Or you could be like, I guess you could keep doing it. Like, I don't know. Then you're not really playing magic anymore. Right. You're just making up stuff and go. Like, I I feel like one or two is fine. But if you just keep doing it, like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Right.
0: I mean, if they're. I guess I didn't, hadn't considered that maybe they just kept attacking into Revenge of <laughs> the Raven. I thought they were doing different mistakes each turn, but if they just keep doing the same one over and over again, yeah, I would probably say something about that too at some point. I, or or I maybe the I
1: correct answer something. is to dream crush them and then offer a practice game after so that they can <laughs> clean up. I, I don't know, right? Like, what are you supposed to do? I, I, okay, okay. I, I, let Let me rephrase.
2: I think I would eventually make them take the damage. But I have, I, it would be on like the ninth time.
1: <laughs> uh, Crim is too nice.
2: <laughs> but on the ninth time, no, nah, But sorry, you gotta take the damage. <laughs>
1: That's- like, I, I, you, you take one Raven trigger, I'll, yeah. I'll let you give you life. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, all right, plain Brad, is Mono Black Aggro a fair deck in Pioneer? If so, why is it so hard to beat?
0: I, uh, I think like it is it a fair deck pretty it's,
1: darn fair to me Yeah. why is it hard why is it even a good deck yeah, well there's there? a lot of recursion
2: <laughs> I think uh, in Bloodsoak Champions uh, Scrap Heap Scroungers and things like that right and also being able to how do you disrupt to...
1: people though so what how do you disrupt you just have like four thoughtsies, and like that's your way to <laughs> to beat anything like oh
2: like like it, how does the mono black deck disrupt or how do you disrupt the mono black deck is that... yeah yeah
1: how, do you, how, how does it not die to you know decks that are doing much bigger things than it it goes wide pretty quick i mean it has a ton of one
2: drops (laughs) i think like it is like like 12 one drops or something like that right and i mean it does have
0: fatal push thought sees and usually four murderous riders and some number of rankles which is kind of rankle is really good and you get smuggler's copter, which is busted and you get uh, Mutavault, which is also really strong. Uh, yeah. I think in the format. So it has a lot of this like sneaky flood out protection for being a very aggressive deck. Uh, saw some of the games over the weekend and with castle lock wane Vaults, uh, rankles to like in copters, which let you like filter away dead thought seizes and fatal pushes. If they're bad, I, the deck is actually way more resilient and able to go long than you would think when you see like 12 drops or whatever in a deck yeah like it,
2: it's it's very <laughs> verdict proof almost like yeah you blow it up and then and then it all comes back right and then smuggler's copter doesn't get swept away unless there's a three fairy
1: and then same with mutable right oh there's so much synergy if you night market lookout to crew the smuggler's copter and attack that's like four damage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: That's that's like a janky old standard combo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wait, oh, it was. No wait, we never played this as standard, did we?
2: I think
0: combo was it so anymore. good. I don't remember if Mono Black was actually good in standard, but
2: Mono Black oh. has not been good in standard. I don't think since Theros.
0: It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. Back I, I, I want to play this the back Gary back and days. Put
1: four pack racks in the sideboard for, for the Yeah. <laughs> 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 that synergy, and then, and then you
2: get back like your gutter bones and blood soaked champions. Ooh, well,
1: I'm gonna try this deck after the podcast. Uh, next question, Tim Seven. What's your advice for players who open Oko and Once Upon a Time during Eldrin drafts and paper? Are the cards worth keeping to build a Pioneer slash Modern deck over time, or that should be kept? Should they be kept in a collection binder forever?
0: Well, the good news is they will probably, at least at this point, still have value because they are played in older formats, so they still should be decent opens. I would be worried about the long-term hold plan just because... Once upon a time, I really think it's probably going to get banned in more formats. And Oko, I don't think it's impossible that it ends up getting banned in a format like Pioneer. So I think it's risky to plan on just holding them long term because they might end up getting banned in more formats.
2: I definitely see Once Upon a Time getting banned in like more formats. Oko, however, I feel like is oddly enough just fine in, in older formats. Very powerful, ridiculously powerful, but fine.
1: All right. Uh, Richelle, do you think the competition of other card games is putting pressure under Magic Design to keep the game interesting among the options? Hearthstone brought back back cards to make the Nets fresh and Legends of Runeterra is coming. I I think for
2: them, they should just, that's just like outside noise, right? Like I don't think they they need to worry about all that. Just keep making the game that they want to make. I I, I don't think it does uh, pressure them to make the game any differently than what they were I'm already doing.
0: I'm more concerned about, like, internal pressure from Hasbro than I am about outside games. I think, yeah. like, Hasbro might be, like, we really want to keep seeing profits, like, quarter by quarter, so do whatever you can to make sure, like, the numbers go up three months from now. To me, that's a bigger concern than than uh, external games.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it adds pressure in that they need to make their game good, but I don't think they're seeing, like, oh, this game has this feature. We, we need to one-up them. Like, I don't think that happens, right? But... If you make bad standard, people will turn off Arena and play Hearthstone, right? So you, you need to be aware of that and make a good standard so people will actually play it. right? So there is pressure, but I don't think it's that direct. It's more just we want people to play Magic and not other games. Uh, last question. Dylan Hunter, there's been a lot of talk about how green has become way more powerful over the last years after being kind of bad for most of Magic's history. How would you guys make white a similarly powerful color while staying in its color identity? Ooh, I don't
0: know if I want what is white's another color, color to <laughs> be as good as, as good as green has been. Um, yeah. Life gain, I guess. You gain life. You can kill things unconditionally to some extent. Wraths.
2: I think exiles. Like a lot more exile. exile. Yeah. Like a four mana wrath that just
1: exiles creatures. <laughs> I would like to see a very hateful bear. Like uh, uh, a Thalia, two one, two mana first strike, and whenever you activate a Planeswalker loyalty ability, you have to pay one mana or something like that. I think that's got to be something that's
2: coming down right at, at some point, right? I more think or, planeswalker or even more hateful, like
1: just Planeswalker cards cost two more or something, right? Like just targeted hate. I, what about like a, ooh,
0: like a collector like oof for Planeswalkers? Just yeah. up, oh, just can't just, activate. Just them.
2: Turn them off. Well, yep, I, done. I, I think White needs non like enchantment planeswalker like removal that isn't like planar cleansing and like the cheap and efficient planeswalker removal.
1: So like swords swords to swords to planeswalker. Yeah, swords to planeswalker. Like (laughs) Oh, how how sweet would that be? One mana, Oakle God, gain
2: three life. (laughs) Like yeah, sure, get a tap land or something like that, right? (laughs) Like
0: I think that's a really good point though.
1: Path to oh. Oko, yeah, yeah. pretty good.
0: I think that's a good point, because in a world of, like, Arena and Best of One, and we have all these, like, flexible Night of Autumn's Assassin's Trophies white removal like the oblivion ring style removal has arguably gotten a lot worse in the last couple years so i think more removal that isn't enchantment based like you said would actually go a long way more like swords to plowshares declaration and stone style cards unless like here's an enchantment to sit out and be bounced by to fairy and give
1: you your thing back yeah but didn't maro say like swords and path like break the color pie So I don't I don't know, but then declaration of Stone is known as the same thing, so I'm not I'm not very sure. I mean, I like, think it
0: might have been the cheapness that he he commented on, like it was too cheap for what
2: white should be able to do. Sure, two mana. though. Let's make it two mana and you do the same thing: target creature or planeswalker. Its controller gets like a tapped land. Uh, but then I guess that's still pretty cheap, right? Because then you, they just that's still pretty good. It yeah. has to be like three mana or something for standard. Yeah. Because, I mean, then that's just, like, you pay two mana to do this, and, like, I don't know, I spent six mana to play Liliana, <laughs> Commander of yeah. Dreadhorde or whatever.
1: But I also think people are sleeping on white. I think white has been one of the more powerful colors in the recent years, right? You just, like, forget about it because they're not memorable cards. Like, History of Benalia, uh, Gideon, like, all the Gideons, remember? Like, oh, my God, another pushed Gideon. Yeah. Uh Avacyn, Yep. Like, settle the Wreckage. Like... We've had a bunch of strong Just people don't remember them Right? Like I, I feel like Red has kind of sucked Or something I don't actually know Hazard's pretty good I, But I, there's always like A mono red card With like a collection Of bad red cards That like makes the deck legit So then you don't You don't remember that Right? Like, when's the last time We had a lightning bolt Right? Like never Right? We like, did Lightning wizards, lightning. <laughs> wizard's lightning best wizard's lightning skier the critics okay take that back maybe you're right. yeah yeah <laughs> it might
0: it might just be that green has been too good i think like how yeah. good green has been is probably an unreasonably high standard for any color
1: yeah yeah all right uh those are all the questions we have time for this week thank you to everyone who sent them in if you have questions send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag #mtgfishmail, mail and we'll get to your questions on air
0: and I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 251 of the MTG Old Fish podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Uh, for hanging out, thanks to everyone for listening, and thanks to Spikes Academy for supporting the show. You can check out their new T-shirt collection over at SpikesAcademy.myshopify.com. So, thank you to them, and we will be back next week to talk about whatever's going on in the world of magic. So, until then, this is the crew signing out.